Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. You're tuned into It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati, the top podcast covering the defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. Hosted by Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata at Odyssey Sports Podcast. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm glad that you went back to the how are you doing? You know, it feels right. It feels like the right way to start the podcast. Some people intro with like, you're listening to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. And uh, the intro, you, you can tune it out until you hear Mike, how are you doing? Yeah, no, honestly, and I should promote it. Thank you for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. We really <laughs> appreciate it. We have fun on the show. And honestly, you know, seven and four. I'll take it after the 0-2 starts of the season. So um, good vibes. And it's it's kind of wild because this season is flying for me personally. And it's just the, the home slate of home games. When you get Kansas City, get Cleveland, you get the Bills coming up, you get the Baltimore Ravens. It's 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 I can feel the the excitement in the city right now. I think a lot of people are, are hyped for this this coming weekend. It's a tough schedule, but you got four games at home. So could be worse. <laughs> you know, you get the Chiefs and the Bills at home. You can go 50, you can go 500 in that. Uh, you get the Browns game is going to be at home, I believe. The Ravens game is at home, I believe. So you've got a whole lot of games that are important that are going to be at home. you got to travel. They have to travel to Tampa and they have to travel to New England. Mm-hmm. But the, and it does kind of suck that like the two easier games – on the schedule, in my opinion, probably, uh, even though they are playoff teams, like that's how tough the schedule is that the easier opponents are like the playoff teams and the Browns, but the Browns just play the Bengals really well. So you kind of have to travel on the road for those games. So you don't get one that really feels like a gimme, but uh, you know, they've got these games at home. They are the better team when they go on the road. I think they're in a good spot. Yeah. I mean, I, I not that home crowd is an advantage or anything like that because they played an arrowhead and, and played just fine in the second half of the game. And um, everybody knows what that atmosphere is like, but it's different. I feel like it's different at Cincinnati Bengals games these days. And besides the Steelers game in week one, they've, they've done pretty well this season at home. So they're hoping to keep that streak alive. Let me ask you this and we'll get to the Kansas city preview later in the week, but if you had to pick, you had to choose which one they were going to win. Would you want them to win the game against Kansas City 
for the Buffalo Bills in regular season? Hmm. I think taking any emotion out, the Bills one probably helps you more because the Dolphins could win that division. And now you're looking at, well, if we beat the Bills, we get the tiebreaker on the Bills and they might finish a game below them in the wild card or whatever. Even if they win the division, maybe you're looking at the Bengals win their division. But emotionally, it's the Chiefs because mm-hmm. it's it's like that's the budding rivalry. They haven't really played the Bills and the Bengals and Bills are very amicable, it feels like to me. <laughs> so the, the Chiefs, I don't think the players, like the real rivalry for the players seems to be this Titans game. I think that's the real chippy rivalry with the players. But the fans get so worked up with the Chiefs fans and the uh, Chargers fans to the players. I don't think have any idea that there's a rivalry with the Chargers, <laughs> but the fan bases are hate hate each other all this other stuff so i think personally with the emotion in it i'd I'd like to beat the chiefs because i think they're the best team in the afc so beat the best team and beat the chiefs for a third time in a row really just getting their heads about it you know like get get three straight wins you don't want to play us in the playoffs because (laughs) you can't beat them there's something about the chiefs and cincinnati though because I don't know if you remember in 2003 when Chad Johnson used to guarantee victories and he had his little quarterback chart in his locker room right. and the Chiefs were coming to town. They were 9-0 and and Cincinnati beat them. Um, and they were having an okay season. Obviously, it was the Marvin Lewis uh, time in, in Cincinnati as the head coach, but that was just like an unbelievable win. I want to say they have not won in Cincinnati since the 80s. Uh, the Bengals have played there and lost plenty of times at Arrowhead, but um, there's something about when the Chiefs come to Cincinnati. And, of course, everybody knows. I know wins aren't quarterback stats, but Joe Burrow and his team, Zach Taylor, 2-0 recently. He was They, they played in 20 – when did they play prior to Joe Burrow's time in Kansas City – or um, Joe Burrow in Cincinnati? Just pulled it up because I was curious about the other one about – in. Cincinnati, uh, they played 2018 in Kansas City and before that 2015 in Cincinnati. Oh, then I must have been wrong. Did Cincy win that game? Uh, in 2015? Yeah. Yeah, that was when they started out like 11 and 0. Oh, there's something about there's something about Kansas City playing in Cincinnati. So they, we'll see. Yeah, it looks like the last time the Chiefs won in Cincinnati was 1984. They have played in 1987 they played in 2003 like you mentioned they played in 08 and 09 in cincinnati and 2015 and 2022 but the chiefs did not win any of those games i'm i'm i cannot wait to get to thursday when we can preview this game but there's just so much like you said i think i would go the same route and say it's the chiefs game um i think yeah they would probably see each other in the playoffs again if it's going this route i would feel really good about cincinnati's chances probably moves up to 90 percent making the playoffs at that point and you just would be the talk of the nfl with the target on your back even though they were the afc champs last year that this is the team to beat and they're really rolling right now i said it before on the podcast a couple uh, shows ago that it just really reminds me of how the 49ers season is going both have the same record and they're they're rolling at the right time and now you go in December and Zach Taylor said it best in the locker room nobody remembers you know the September's the October the November games it's all about December and January so should be fun I am pumped about this game I can't wait to talk about it um, later this week but we're moving on we're backing up just a little bit because we didn't have time to talk about it after the last game and it's the running back debate Smaja <laughs> P. Ryan Joe Mixon 
tell the people they need to calm down a little bit. Oh, goodness. Um, yeah, the last two weeks, Samaj P. Ryan has played a majority of the snaps because Mixon got hurt. He had three touchdowns through the air against Pittsburgh. But on the ground, he went for 2.7 yards per carry, and I know Mixon went for 2.9. So neither one did great, but Mixon did better. And then this week against the Titans, I know he had some highlights, and I know it got dragged down at the end during the four-minute drill. But ends up with 3.4 yards per carry. It was like – I came away from that game thinking, oh, cool, so much appearance can handle the load if necessary. And then I just didn't go on Twitter for a while. I was just doing other things. And I came back. And I could not believe my eyes to see that there was a heated debate over whether Samaje Piran or Joe Mixon should be the starter for next week. Guys, it's Joe Mixon. A, you're paying him too much for him to sit on the bench. And I know that some people have used that as like, that's why you don't play him, but then you're wasting money. I, I, I know you're mad that he makes that much money and he's not playing up to what you expect, but he's doing fine. <laughs> Samaje Piran averaged 3.4 yards per carry in that game. And Joe Mixon's averaging 3.8 yards per carry on the season, despite the very slow start where he left the first three games in a row due to an ankle injury was his average yards per carry in the first four weeks was 2.7. And then they played Baltimore and they had the schematic change since then in those, what three, four, five, six games, he's averaged five yards per carry. I think he's been fine. I really think that slow start is stuck in people's minds where he, he played through an injury. I don't know what else to tell you. The schematic thing, yeah, that's a that's a deal. But he played through an injury. He kept leaving games for his ankle. It's not like I'm just making this up. He left three straight games for an ankle injury. And then he plays Thursday and he was still seemed injured. Then you have the mini bye. And I think that's when he finally got healthy and they made the schematic shift from the players meeting. So all this is just to say, Calm down. Samaji Piran can handle the load. He can handle a little bit extra work. I think that's in the cards. Like you can now like say, we don't need Samaji to just be the third down back. He could come in for a drive and give Mixon a real break, or at least like the first four plays of a drive or something and not wait till Mixon's tired and pull him out. But he's not, he's not the starter. It's, it's, it's Joe Mixon. And oh, we all, it's just shuts short-term memory of the last time Joe Mixon played a full game, he scored five touchdowns and averaged seven yards a carry and played the best game as a running back since like 2005 or six by football outsiders rushing yards over expected. Like that was how good the game was. And we just forget that and say hot hand with a guy who went for 3.4 yards per carry. It's like, I know he went for 4.4 before the guard, before, you know, they were just trying to run the clock out, but it's just calm down. Yeah, no, I, I agree I, with you. And and I think people right. should well, I think people should look at it as as a good thing when you think about the It's a good thing with the depth. I I hate that I am coming onto a podcast in the internet to talk down on Samaj AP right after he has such a good game because people are saying that he should be the unquestioned starter now. It's that's not the case either. Let's not just go only hyperbole. He showed good skill. That stiff arm on David Long was awesome. He ran hard. Let's knock overboard. You know, like he showed he could do more than, you know, he's doing right now. But that doesn't mean Joe Mixon didn't lose his job over that game, in my no. opinion. In my opinion, that's just insane, actually, to me. was the, I was shocked when I came onto the Twitter app and saw the debate. It would be hard for him to lose his job. I mean, he had a game where he had five touchdowns this season. We were talking about him as like, yeah, the, one of the centerpieces of the offense in that game. Then he gets injured. And now he's not even a starter. It's just, 
so fickle. It's funny because, you know, some of the talk before the game when Jamar Chase was ruled out and then Joe Mixon was out, it was like they're without Joe Mixon and Jamar Chase. And obviously that you want them out there. They help your offense. It's I want them to be playing against Kansas City. And it's really looking optimistic like, like that's going to be the outcome. Obviously, they get back to practice on Wednesday and we'll get more information. But you, you can't forget, you know, you do have this weapon. And and I think, you know, with this offense rolling the way it is and with some of the changes and maybe credit to Frank Pollock, who's the run game coordinator and the offensive line coach who has, you know, helped his running game look better out there. I think this is this is two weapons, two additional weapons that you're going to have on the field on Sunday. And then you think of, again, maybe, maybe I'm feeling a little, little optimistic about Travion. You get three backs out there. Who knows what they're going to go for in their bag when it comes to the offensive plays that we're going to see against Kansas City. You get those three receivers. You get Jamar Chase back. Maybe Trent Irwin even catches the ball. I mean, it's it's all the different playmakers that you have when an offense is rolling and your offensive line is looking better. I want to talk about one more thing uh, and why I think Mixon should be the starter that isn't just he's the better player. Samaj Piran's doing really well, but he's he is – a better under center running back. I think that's shown with how they're going back to that under center stuff a lot and running the ball, getting that extra offensive lineman running there in the Jets game that everybody references as the holy grail of running back play. It was all under center. And I just think he's the better under center guy. And that kind of silos the offense again, where Joe Mixon is the better shotgun runner. I know P Ryan's a better pass protector. Mixon's probably a slightly better pass catcher. He's more, he's more of a threat pass catching i'll say that much um i know ah, man i always just say mix is a better pass catcher because the tip ball up in the air against the titans is still stuck in my memory so <laughs> mix is a better pass catcher pierre is a better pass blocker mix is a better shotgun runner and you could say pierre is a better under center runner right now but that to me leads to i think mixes should be starting because you want to come out and shotgun and they have no idea what you're going to do uh it's just what he is able to do when they run like duo duo is one of their favorite shotgun plays it's just power without a puller you get double teams working vertical read the mike linebacker if he comes down cut out if he stays back cut straight straight ahead uh there was a play early on and you could make the case pierre made the wrong move because i don't know if he has the athleticism to take that handoff in the shotgun and then cut out and then take on a corner uh, on the outside where Mixon does have that athleticism right now. He makes that cut, big dramatic cut, and gets outside and is one-on-one with the corner. Does he break the tackle early on? I'd say no. Right now, I'd say yes. So I I don't know. I, I think that schematic, like just looking at them as players and where they fit, it still leads to me saying Mixon's the better guy for this system and for this team to start. You could still bring P. Ryan in. He can run from the gun. It's just he's not better at it than Joe Mixon. I I don't know. I, I got a little bit fired up about that just because I thought that was ridiculous. I'm not – I don't know. I don't want to talk him down. I want to talk Pirine up. I want to say he had such a great game because he did. He played better than I expected. He played better than I think anybody expected. This guy was a guy that Bengals fans won off the team. They were wondering why he wasn't taking preseason snaps to see if he could lose his job. And now he has a good game, really good game. And they're talking about now he is the unquestioned starter, and I don't think that's right. I think he had a good game. I think you roll with Mixon for the foreseeable future. And I have a really good feeling that's what Cincinnati's planning on doing. Oh, I don't think this is even <laughs> a debate for them. They are just yeah. – if they saw the Twitter, they'd be like they, – they'd kind of be in my spot of like, what? <laughs> but I am convinced there's burner accounts on Twitter because when we talk about something either on social media or on a podcast – 
it feels like they make a change. It really does. It feels like <laughs> something happens and uh, sometimes good, sometimes bad. But uh, but yeah, no. And one of my thing, favorite things about Joe Mixon is when Joe throws him the ball. I think he he can just be an explosive weapon out there. And I have a feeling that he'll have a couple of receptions. And he threw a touchdown pass in the Super Bowl. Um, we should still be talking about that, but you know, uh, but plenty to talk about when it comes to the running back depth. And, and I have a really good feeling of where it's going to go when you lead into December with what you have right now in Samaj P. Ryan and Joe Mixon. We'll talk a little more about the wide receiver room and a little bit of look ahead when it comes to the AFC playoff picture on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This, this is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. I do want to hit a little receivers. We talked about it on the last podcast because T. Higgins had to step up. He's the number one receiver on a lot of NFL teams. He's the number one receiver on this team. They have just two of them. It's a good problem. Can we can we give some can we just make this appreciation segment right now about uh, Mr. T. Higgins and, and what he's doing with this offense right now? Absolutely. I mean, you're looking at a guy that over the four games Jamar Chase missed is on pace for more than 1,500 yards over a 17-game season. That is elite stuff. That's not like – it's not Tyreek Hill and Justin Jefferson, but it's the tier below. And that's where I think T. Higgins belongs, to be honest. He's the number one receiver on a lot of teams. I think that got, like, beat up as a joke after the Browns game and – Maybe even a little bit of that Panthers game, although I thought he was good in both those games on film. And even that Panthers game, I think he had 60 yards. So they just didn't need him because Mixon was going for 205 touchdowns. Then he finally showed it. When they need him to be the engine of the offense, he's able to deliver. When Mixon goes out, who steps up? It's it's uh, T. Higgins. And he's getting a little bit of that number one 
wide receiver treatment. Uh, the deep out he caught from Joe Burrow, I think it was in the third quarter maybe, but it was a deep out on the left sideline. He had a bracket on him, like two guys watching T. Higgins because it was quarters number two goes out, and they taught, they told that safety, you're just going to play bracket on T. Like the corner's outside, you're inside. He's not going to be able to get open. T. Higgins steps on that corner's toes, gets all the way up on him, presses vertical, acts like I'm running a go round, I'm running right by you. And when the corner flips his hips, he cuts outside, catches the ball. He's just such a good mover for his size. He's not like he's not that big lumbering six foot four. He's more of a smooth six four. And it's really cool to watch. I, I really like watching T. Higgins. I think he's a good wide receiver and a legitimate wide receiver one on oh man, 20? teams i don't know i'm just definitely green bay packers they missed him that is the main one i think of when i think of t higgins the wide receiver one i think of the packers skipping him for jordan love and i just think i thank them every time he makes some big catch no it is absolutely amazing and it's funny because we've, we've talked about it before but i remember draft night when they were picking and a lot of people are like wide receiver i didn't see that I didn't see that happening for Cincinnati, but I'm sure they're like, if this guy's on the board, uh, we're definitely taking them. And when you're picking in the second round with the first pick in the second round, you, you're you almost picking a first rounder anyways. Um, so they were really happy T Higgins fell to them. And there was a clip actually, I, I saw it and I retweeted it today over on Twitter, but it was the AFC championship highlights of T Higgins. And so much happened in that game that obviously Kansas City is not going to leave Jamar Chase open because they remember what happened the first time. But then T's open and T's making moves. And there were so many catches and plays that T Higgins had in that game throughout the whole entire game that I feel like we don't think about. We don't get enough credit to. And that was one of my favorite T games. And obviously at an important time for this offense to come back in that game. Trying to go back and look up the stats for that game. So I remember it was a good one, 103 yards on six catches. I remember he made a lot of – he made a couple plays, I believe, that were like out of structure. Joe Burrow escaped the pocket, looks up, and T. Higgins is right in front of him because he did a good job on the scramble drill. Yeah, just – he was clutch, man. In those playoff games, I know the first one, one catch for 10 yards, that wasn't a great game for him. But then 96 yards against Tennessee, 103 yards against Kansas City, and 100 yards and two touchdowns against the Rams in the Super Bowl. That's awesome. That's, you know, gone are the days that the Bengals enter the playoffs and their their great players start underperforming because T. Higgins, 309 yards in four games. What, that's averaging – 77 yards doing quick math on the internet. Never <laughs> Not going to say I did that in my head because people won't believe it was 77 yards if I say that. Never forget that Colts playoff game when Cincinnati had to go play the Colts. Oh, oh I knew they were screwed. I, was it, I believe it was, it was Rex Burkhead at starting at slot receiver for them. And Mo Sanu was the number one guy. I can't remember. Number two might have been Greg Little. Yeah, it was Greg Little. Oh, I know too much about a game that I hated. I knew they were going to lose that game going in. I was upset because they couldn't get AJ Green back for it. And yeah, it went predictably. I mean, we've been through a lot. We've been through a lot. So yeah. 2015 was worse. <laughs> so maybe people are a little hyped about this Kansas City game coming up, and it does feel like postseason in Cincinnati. But I want to stay with the wide receivers right now. Um, you know, obviously there was a lot of talk that Jamar Chase was limited last week, and it's hard to determine if the guy was going to go. I think it was smart what Cincinnati did. They rest him. He got the practice, and he wasn't on the rehab field, and he went limited all week. Huge week of practice coming up, and I can't think of anybody who's more than uh, more than ready to get on the field and uh, face the 
Kansas City Chiefs than Jamar Chase. When you bring Jamar Chase back, we talk about T. Higgins and obviously him stepping up during Jamar's absence. What's that going to do for the offense? We learned a lot about Joe Burrow, what he was able to do with his weapons out there. He's not carried by his wide receivers. How, how does that impact the way this offense is rolling? Jamar Chase seems to be getting full on like Randy Moss treatment uh, this season where they are, they're not letting him go anywhere without a safety over the top, whether that's shading the post safety or that's playing cover six, cover eight, so that you have uh, a flat defender in front of him and then a guy deep behind that. Uh, safety playing over the top or they're just playing cover two from both sides of the field either way he's getting cloud coverage when he's outside or he's getting a bracket or he's getting the post safety when he's inside they're making sure they do something like a quarters so that they have the safety at the top and they're jamming up jamming up underneath like again just like he's when he's outside so what that does for the other guys is it just opens up you're devoting so many resources to jamar chase that T. Higgins, he gets some respect when he's the number one guy, but he's not getting that full-on respect. And now with Jamar Chase back, he's going to get even less. So now T. Higgins gets these one-on-one matchups. You think back to that Dolphins game where they just stuck Xavier Howard on him and didn't even give any safety help because they said that guy's going to Jamar. And then (laughs) Xavier Howard's going to play one-on-one with T. Higgins. What did he do? Burned him. So uh, I think it opens things up for Higgins. And then also it just brings back – Jamar Chase is the explosive play guy even with all this extra coverage and the, all this stuff to try to slow him down, he's still the guy that if you're going to pick one player on the Bengals to go for a 40-plus yard game, that's Jamar Chase. And he adds an explosive element back to the game so they don't need to matriculate the ball down the field as much. They can still do that. I hope they still are able to methodically move the ball down the field. But you're you're going to get life's going to be a little bit easier is what I'm trying to say. Life is going to be a little bit easier for Joe Burrow because he'll hit Jamar Chase on what should be like a 10, 15 yard gain. He takes it 80 yards for a touchdown. So Jamar Chase doesn't feel human just because of hearing about the injury when we did. I'm like, how's this guy going to come back and, and play? And we've talked a lot about, you know, just he, I just don't feel like he's human. And maybe he's doing great. Maybe he doesn't feel the pain and maybe it is a pain tolerance. Does Jamar Chase get more than two catches in the game against Kansas City? Oh, I think so. Do you not? I just I just feel like they're going to be all eyes, all loaded on him at all times. And and that and that doesn't mean that this offense can't cook, but I think it's going to it's going to be T Higgins, Tyler Boyd, maybe even little Hayden Hurst out there in your run game. I truly do. Man, I'd set that line at like four and a half. I think the over under four and a half catches for him. I know it's his first game back, but he he already started getting ramped up last week. If he had all the limited practices, oh, I don't think he'd be a deep boy. I think the Chiefs are going to pay attention to him, but I just I think he ends up with like five catches for maybe eighty yards. What what would be funny if he he went for two sixty six again? And we're like, I was oh like, what did you he was going to go for two catches and he gets two sixty six. That was my favorite game in the post game when he was asked about it. And he's like, they're like, you know, you had more than Patrick Mahomes. I want I'm, I'm probably butchering the stat a little bit. And he's like, no, I didn't know that. And that dude, I mean, that's seriously winning the playoff game at home. That that one is so hard to beat when you beat Kansas City to win the AFC North. But that's just like it's right there. 
it's right there on, on top two wins. And yeah, and I and I hope the guy's ready. Um, he seems like, you know, I don't think he would be on the practice field and, and avoid the rehab field if they didn't feel like this guy is good to go. And they were smart with him, um, you know, having the bye week when they did. He got that extra week off and Kansas City was circled. That's kind of what they wanted all along. And they might get that. So let me ask you this. Is this corny or do you think they should do this? You know, the offense is going to be announced on Sunday. They do the offense defense. They flip flop it. This just happens to be the game where the offense is going to come out on the field. Do you leave Jamar Chase for the last player to come out of the tunnel? Yeah. Right. Like that's the obvious one to do. With with the AFC championship highlights all over the video board. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, like, like I'm saying, that's the obvious one to do, right? It seems obvious. And I, I've been saying it. I've been saying you got to do that. You got to get Jamar Chase, the last guy out of the tunnel. Sold out crowd should be a great time. It's going to be freezing. Build up the suspense. They didn't announce Jamar Chase yet. You know, like that type of thing. Is he, is game time decision. He's a game time decision. <laughs> <laughs> he has to announce it at 11:45. But at the same time, yeah, I think that that would be. I think that would be legit, and that's how you should do it at home because you know the home crowds and the home atmosphere. It's different now at Bengals games. It's a lot of fun, and I just I think that's what you have to do. And, you know, as long as he has a good week of practice, we'll hear more on Wednesday. But um, all seems well at one pay core stadium. And the same with Joe Mixon. Adam Schefter reported, um, you know, sources close to him feels like he's going to go to in this game and, and um, almost missed that cut versus playing in the Titans game, too. Let's talk a little playoff picture. You look at the AFC North. Watch the Baltimore Ravens against the Jags. Watch Baltimore most of the season. I feel like it might sound like I'm a homer when I say it. I'm not impressed with the Baltimore Ravens. I know that they have the easier ride to win the AFC North division. But at the same time, they still have divisional games. They have a Broncos defense. Their offense can't do anything. But their defense is legit. So I'm not I'm not all in on the Baltimore Ravens, just speaking of the AFC North alone right now. Um. Yeah, so you're talking about that Broncos game. I, I would be surprised if the Ravens lost that one because, like, the Broncos just got blown out by the Panthers and Sam Darnold. I think this is that team's just toast on offense. Like, the defense is good, yeah, but they are tired at this point. It was only 20 points, but ah, it's so tough. It is so tough to be on with an offense that can't move the ball on the other side of the field. So I will look at the Baltimore Ravens schedule real quick. So I know they play the Steelers twice. I think that's going under the radar as a yeah. game the Steelers could win. That's when I wouldn't be surprised if the Steelers won at least one of those games. And I wouldn't be shocked if they swept them, but I would be surprised. Like I do think the Ravens pull one of those out. They play the Browns. They've had the Browns number, but that's the Browns team with redacted and you don't know how that's going to go <laughs> with, with the guy who shouldn't be named. Yes. Um, yes. yes. Named. Well, actually I have to talk about him next week, but, uh, but yes, no, I, I agree. I, I don't think you can, you can look at that. You, you can't look at any games. The big no, talk yeah. of the season was halfway through it, that Baltimore had this easy slate to end the season. It's cupcake. They're going to be able to do it. And I just, and then they dropped one. You can't do that. You cannot do that because I'm still not a believer in this offense. And it's no offense to Lamar Jackson. It's what his team surrounded him with. Um, oh, his best receiver is Deshaun Jackson, yeah. like a guy that they pulled up off the street. I mean, that team is telling you what what they think. And, and then they go add somebody on defense. 
which a legit defensive uh, playmaker, but at the same time, Lamar's over here, like waving his arm, like, Hey man, I'd like someone to play with right now. Um, This is a huge year for him, a contract year, which you think is going to be franchise tag. And that's going to, that is my take. Yeah. That's going to make him. He won't be happy about it now. So I don't know. I just, I think overall right now, looking at the AFC North, I'm not so I think, I think the Bengals are better than the Ravens, especially right now. Um, but I, it's hard. It's hard because the Bengals probably have to go four and two. And that's entirely possible. But when we predicted the games, we've said they finished 10 and uh, what, six. <laughs> like, seven. Oh, seven. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't mess this up. And I messed it up. But anyway, we said they're going to go 10 and seven. And I, the Ravens, if they go forward to end up 11, what I would say is you have to, you know, keep pace with them. If you drop this game and the Ravens win, now you need them to drop a game and for you to keep winning during that stretch. But you just have to be at the same record for week 18. That's the nice part is that you get to face them and you know whether or not this game is going to be for the division or not. So I think, I think the Bengals could easily win three more games before that or two more games. And maybe that's, they're still tied. I don't know. I, I think if the Bengals can get to 11 wins, including that win against the Ravens, then they might just win the division. But if they end up with 10 wins, I just, uh, there are just so many gimme games for the Ravens. I know gimme games don't really exist in the NFL. Yada, yada. They are going to be favored in every single game, except the, except the Bengals one. I don't think they'll be favored in that because it's at home for Cincinnati, but at home against the Falcons, both Steelers games, on the road against the Browns, at home against the Broncos. I think they're going to be favored in all those games, rightfully so. I don't think that they're going to win all of them, but, man, that Falcons team can be scrappy sometimes. The Steelers play them tough. So there are reasons to think they drop a few games, but if you're looking at why the Bengals still aren't favored to win the division, it's because the Ravens' schedule is just a cupcake schedule at this point. Yeah. I want to talk a little more about the AFC overall picture in our next segment and just kind of a look ahead of that because it could more than likely just be wild card for Cincinnati, but still have a lot of football left the second half of the season next on it's always game day in Cincinnati. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Is it's always game day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back, and I kind of want to continue that conversation. You talk about the AFC North. You brought up a really good point. You said 
I think Cincinnati is the better team in the AFC North. And it's just really kind of how the season is falling. So I agree with you there. I think overall talent-wise on all sides of the ball that this team has the better roster. Thing is, anything can happen in the season. The most important thing right now, stay healthy, just start stacking wins. The biggest thing for me right now is these next two weeks because, look, if you don't lose, if you don't beat the Chiefs, okay. You didn't beat the Chiefs this time around, and maybe you'll see them in January and you'll get them for a little uh, revenge game. But then you have the Browns the following week, and they've had their number. So I feel like these next two games are really you, you need at least one win. If you go two and zero, then you know credit to you, and maybe you can uh, maybe you can find a way to to take your division. But these next two weeks are just they're not going to be easy, uh, but they're both at home. And I mean, I think that they would really send a message overall in the NFL if they were able to uh, at least get the win on Sunday against a really tough team, the best team in the AFC right now. Yeah, these aren't must wins anymore for me. If they go 0-2, then the games against the Bucks and the uh, Patriots and I don't know, even that Ravens game probably become really important must win type games because I think you might need 10 wins to get in. It's doable at nine. If you're tied with the Jets or something, you have the head-to-head tiebreaker. But uh, when you're looking at 10 wins, get you in. I think that's just when you're looking around. I played with the 538 simulator, playing with different games that they win and lose. When I got to 10 wins, they're at like a 90-something percent chance to make the playoffs. It takes quite a bit for them to get kicked out, especially if they can beat the Patriots. And then they hold the tiebreaker over the Jets and the Patriots. And they're probably, honestly, will stop the Patriots from getting 10 wins if they can win that game. So we're looking at it. 10 wins get you in. Um, but what gets you the division? Probably 11 if you're including a win over the Ravens. Yeah. So, and that's definitely going to be tough. That, that's, yeah. that's tough. If, to that's think- where I think you may need to go one and one at least over the next two games, like you're saying, if you want to win the division. If he's just going to make the playoffs as a wild card, then I don't think you need to win those games, although it would certainly help to be at eight wins and only need two more to basically secure a wild card spot. Yeah, because I guess the reason I look at these next two games a lot is because, yeah, it's going to be difficult to beat the Chiefs. And I'm sure they remember everything about last year. They're going to want nothing more than to beat Cincinnati, and they're trying to just secure that number one seed, which would be in play if Cincinnati found a way to win this game, which is insane to think about because there are just about four top teams right now um, overall in the AFC. I think you would, you would say the Kansas City Chiefs, the Buffalo Bills, the Miami Dolphins are there, but I'm not a believer. I am not a believer yet. And All about this week. Can they do it against a big top defense? They kind of had the two excuse. Uh, he wasn't playing for those games against uh, the Jets and other good defenses, good teams like the Vikings. So – what happens when they play against the top defense with their number one guys? Let's find out. That's, that's I think, the big test because if they can do that against the 49ers, then I think they are legit. If they can't, then uh, the old magnifying glass comes out. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and then you 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 think of them in the postseason, and you know, I just I'm not I'm and look, they, like you said, this Sunday is going to be so telling. I don't think it's telling for Cincinnati as much as it is for the Miami Dolphins. Again, these guys in Cincinnati don't want to, they want to win. They want to win this game. They want to go on a roll. And if they get the win, they're going to have four wins in a row, which is huge to build off on after you start a season zero and two. And I think it's just really it kind of um you, you get the the momentum on your side with Cleveland coming to town and, and look Browns fans, sorry, 
you guys swept Cincinnati last year and it didn't impact the season at all in this team, which is Super Bowl. I know that that they get so pumped about this and their record against Cincinnati and Joe Burrow and having his number right now. I think that game is another one you want to be like, look, need another division win, need another AFC win and, and getting two back-to-back would be absolutely huge um, just in the standings alone because you do have the Jets creeping up. You you do have the Patriots still kind of sitting there. And, yeah, I, I agree with you when you look at how many wins is it going to take. And I, I think it is it's going to take three more wins. And now it's just like where are those wins coming from? Um, if you get one on Sunday, I, I feel pretty good about it. I do want to say that their chances overall would go into the 90% range of, of making the postseason. And the thing about them – they're not afraid to go on the road. I mean, they won some tough battles last year in the AFC game. They still have most of that roster back and 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 added depth and starters on the offensive line. So it is a little bit of a different team for the better. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of fun to talk about. I mean, obviously, you don't want to get into a situation where you fall to seven and six. And we're talking about that and they're trying to come off of, of that. And, and you're looking really deep in December and, and having to pull out um, a couple must win key wins to make it to the postseason. Yeah. According to the 538, if you mess with nothing besides the chiefs Bengals game, if the chiefs lose to the Bengals and the Bengals, you know, Bengals win that game, they go up to 88% chance to make the playoffs. That's pretty high. <laughs> Batman. Still not a great, still only 40% chance to win the division, even if they beat the Chiefs, because I just think the, that they are predicting that the Ravens are going to gonna win a lot of these games they're favored. Let me ask you this with this 2021 roster, because, you know, one of the things I felt like it was a topic of conversation was the look of the 2021 Bengals. Um, you know, you looked at a certain point of the season and they were struggling at the mid midway point. That Denver game really felt like it changed things for them in December of last year. And they went on a run um, towards the end of their season. Obviously, everybody knows what happened in January. Would you say right now at this point of the season, and I know it feels kind of like a hot take, would you say this team in 2022 is better than 2021? Yes. I think they're better constructed. I think the players are playing better. I just think that the results maybe haven't shown it as much, although they did just win a tough one on the road against Tennessee. But yeah, I think that Bengals team got extremely hot. I don't think defense is prepared for him the same level. I think that they were kind of allowing Jamar Chase to do his thing a little bit, just like what for 266 yards against the Chiefs because they didn't, they didn't care about stopping that rookie receiver. And then what happens? Um, so now I think they get a little bit of that special treatment because they went to the Super Bowl, but now they're overcoming that. And I think they are a better team, better constructed. They're stronger. The offensive line is much better. You think the defense is mostly the same guys. The only thing that's slowing me down to say absolutely is just Jadobe Ouzier's injury because they had a guy that they could trust on an island uh, in 2021, and they don't have that right now. Yeah, I agree with you. I think if Cheetah was out there, I'd be like, this, this team can go back they can legit go back and not that maybe, maybe they will, maybe they'll surprise people and say, yeah, they're going back to back Super Bowls, which isn't easy at all. There's a lot of football left, not only just regular season, but just in the playoffs alone, it's hard to get there, especially if you're a wild card playing a lot of those games on the road. But I agree with you. Um, I think overall they, they know what it takes to get there. And Joe Burrow, man, that dude is different. He's different. I, I watched that highlight. Um, I'm sure you've seen it before in the LSU game. I want to say it was his first year at LSU when he uh, threw a pick six and just got smacked on the ground. 
And after that, like he never lost another game at LSU and was just like unstoppable. And everybody remembers the 2019 season. And then you win the Heisman and you come over here and everybody, you know, the rookie year, we won't even count that because it's still devastating. Comes back a year later, learning how to walk and takes the team to the Super Bowl. This guy remembered what it felt like to lose a Super Bowl in his first full season in the NFL, first full regular season that, I don't know, he's he's a competitor. And I feel like, you know, what what's cool about this game against Kansas City that's coming up is these two franchises know you have a legit quarterback right now. I know Kansas City has a better resume when it comes to the AFC championship um, trips and hosting all of them and the Super Bowl banner that I see pictures of and gets posted to me all the time. Um, but it's still, you know, it's it's fun to think about when you think about where Joe Burrow can can take this team in, in his third year in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, I definitely I think that they could go back to back um, to the Super Bowl. I, I mean, uh, to me, that's not really that much of a question. I think they're one of the few teams that can go to the Super Bowl this season, uh, at least have shown it so far this year. And that's just because when I look at them, they're a better offense than they were. And that's important because in the playoffs, the offense wasn't great. It was good enough and it was clutch, but it wasn't great. Now I think they have a legitimately great offense and it's not just relying on big Jamar Chase plays and, you know, a big T Higgins play or a big, you know, Burr escape the pocket, make something magic happen. Now it feels much more like a well-oiled machine. It's just that the defense probably isn't up to the same level, but they have a great defensive coordinator to scheme things up and go game plan game to game. I wonder if, I guess the one thing I'm wondering, I think you have to just pull all the stops, but I almost feel like does Lou Rumo, you know, go all out in this game, knowing that you may have to travel to Kansas city in the AFC championship game. I feel like you have to, because you're only seven and four, you're not guaranteed a spot. You have to just try to win this game by all means. But there is part of me that's like, what if he's just like saving one bullet in the chamber for the AFC championship game? Yeah. And the thing about it, if Lou, I don't know why I always think it's like Lou's going to win the game just because we we've seen him do it before, but I keep thinking about Lou in this game and you know, I, I hear the the chief side and again, well, I promise we'll preview and, and predict that later in the week, but I hear that, you know, this, the chiefs are a better team without Tyree kill, which is absolutely insane to me, but maybe they are with what Patrick Mahomes kind of getting that similar to Joe Burrow being without Jamar Chase. But yes, he has T. Higgins, so it's a terrible comparison. Um, and learning to win with other weapons that you have on your roster is what Patrick Mahomes had to do this year. Um, but I just think, Lou, this dude is is so smart, and he has his playmakers on defense. And yeah, Cheeto's out. But if Lou finds a way to stop Patrick Mahomes again, when this team is hot in Kansas City, they were hot last year. They were on that nice little win streak, and then they came into Cincinnati and they lost. You, you hosted the Apes Championship game. Everybody thinks it's going to be revenge, and it looked terrible to begin with, and Lou makes adjustments. If he finds a way to stop Patrick Mahomes again, He's going to be a head coach next year. I, I mean, Indianapolis Colts, I don't know where he's going, but he will not be the defensive coordinator in Cincinnati. I truly don't believe that if he finds another way to, to stop this guy. Man, it's tough because I just don't know how – I feel like defensive coaches are just getting the wrong – you know, they're, they're getting like the short end of the stick here. So he has to really compete – with, you know, he's better than this offensive coach when it comes to the X's and O's and getting his players to play for him. But 
do they care? Are they just going to go with the offensive guy because, you know, the idea of you bring in an offensive system, blah, blah, blah. Uh, To me, I think he should, but he'll be competing hard with offensive guys who probably aren't up to his caliber. And then also he'll be competing with really talented defensive coordinators like Dan Quinn and uh, D'Amico Ryan. So it's, there's, I'm sure if you listen to Cowboys or a, uh, 49ers podcast, they're doing the same thing. I didn't think either one of those guys were still going to come back the next season. Selfishly, I hope Luana Romo is back here again next season. So that's that's the big one. It's just like, yeah, he should. He should get a head coaching gig somewhere if he stops Mahomes again, especially if you're in the AFC West and you're like, how do we deal with this Patrick Mahomes guy? And if you're Denver, oh man, that would kind of suck to see Luana Romo go to Denver. Maybe and we shouldn't talk about this. Thing. But anyway, if you're Denver though, I'm interested because I'm like, you're slowing down Patrick Mahomes. Uh, like, let's let's talk and let's just yeah. you know have a conversation about that. And uh, I think they should be interested. AFC teams definitely should be interested in Lou Anderson's head coach. Yeah, and like you said, I'm selfish and I don't want Lou to go anywhere. I want him to be the defensive coordinator for years to come. Um, and we could say the same thing about the offense if they continue to roll. Um, I know Zach Taylor calls the plays, but Brian Callahan is a huge part of, of the offensive play calling. And that could be another guy um, if you continue to roll in December and January where he gets coaching opportunities. But, yeah, I, I want them all to stay here. This is fun. You get Joe Burrow. You get to get a nice uh, – defensive unit on the other side of the ball and I want both both coordinators to stay right here in Cincinnati and uh hopefully we're we're not even talking about that in the offseason or maybe we are because they're winning and they're coming off a Super Bowl you picked the Bengals to go to the Super Bowl and the that's Eagles. right that's right it looks pretty yeah. good in my mind right now I wish the Bengals were hosting a like clearly going to host a playoff game like the Eagles were and I feel even much better about this yeah um but yeah, I don't know. It looks good. Hey, how you guys feel about those Bucks picks? <laughs> <laughs> I picked the Bucks in Kansas City, and I hope to be wrong about Kansas City. Um, yeah, that was terrible. But here's the thing: the <laughs> NFC is so bad that the Bucks are probably going to be. Oh, I would not be completely shocked if the Bucks were like in the NFC Championship game. Yeah, like Nick, uh, our <gasps> producer said, who also picked the Bucks. Uh, at least they're in line to host a playoff game. They are. The Bengals are not. So not. the Bengals are the better team between the two, in my opinion. But the Bucks are in line to host their playoff game. And I am not. I know I said that. I also, I don't think I could put money against Tom Brady in the playoffs. I know he just lost to the Rams, but that was a really close game. And they almost should have won that. Uh, yeah, it's real tough. It's real tough to see Tom Brady in the playoffs and go like, oh, yeah, they barely squeaked in. They, they don't stand a chance. Like, no, nah, they'll, they'll be all right. They lost the Tampa. Tampa didn't look great against Cleveland. And no, and now Worfs, I think, is going to be out a few weeks. Yeah, really that's good a right tackle. They dealt there with are, so many offensive line injuries before the season started. Oh, that's, my God. Jensen to start the year. And then, yeah, it's just been so downhill for them. Yeah, but we'll see. It's going to be fun. I, I can't wait to talk about the matchup later this week. Kansas City's coming to town to play Cincinnati, two of the hot teams in the AFC right now. Thank you, as always, for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. But what is on all Bengals before kickoff on Sunday? Uh, you will have a T. Higgins article about what he has done since the Jamar Chase injury. I've talked a lot about it, and I thought when I was watching the game, I was like, nothing really stuck out to me other than, like, the run defense. But, yeah, I don't know. I want to talk about T. Higgins and how he's played really well. Yeah, go check it out. All Bengals. Follow him on Twitter, Bengals underscore Sand. You can follow me at LNDS Patterson. And as always, thank you for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.